0: Hi, before I get into the episode, my dumbass just realized it's a year, a year of everyone's business but mine. Uh, okay, sure. (laughs) Thank you guys, literally thank you so much for listening. I can't believe I've been doing this for a year now. Seems like 2020 has been 17 years, but it also seems like I started this podcast like five minutes ago. So, y'all... Thank you, seriously, for hanging out with me, listening to way too many podcasts that I put out. Um, if you have not left a five star review, maybe the anniversary episode is the time to do it. So thank you in advance for that. All right, let's get on to the episode.
1: And it's a graveyard's. And it's a
2: graveyard's. You get all in
0: Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry. Just me this week, y'all, so I'm sorry or you're welcome depending on how you might feel about that. I decided to do something a little bit different, so you will be getting the typical, I, you know, I do talk about Bachelorette really quick after this, and then I'll get into Love After Lockup, but after that, I'm going to be talking, since we're, you know, in Halloween week, spooky season is winding down, and I wanted to talk about, like, the top, I think I compiled top ten things that have most been cursed about pop culture this year. So I hope you guys enjoy that. Um, The only thing that I really have to talk about right now is a bit of a Max Eric update. He tried to scam us, y'all. He tried to bamboozle us and he tried to trick us. And you know what? I think by now we all know how this man works. He is uh, probably one of the worst liars in the world. So... After he released that weird ass song about how he wasn't sure if he was able to love or how to love properly or whatever he was talking about, singing at the piano, he tried to post pictures or he did post pictures of some chick from American Idol. I haven't haven't watched American Idol since like (sighs) Clay Aiken and Ruben Stuttered, you know. Remember that song? This is My Sorry for 2004 by Ruben. That was a great song. (laughs) It was like the fuckboy anthem of 2004. Like, I'm not going to mess up anymore. This year. Just this year. But anyway, there is a lady on here named Seneca Vaid. And he was trying to make it seem like, oh, he had found some other chick. He'd moved on. No. No. Apparently, not only is this girl not Max's girlfriend, she actually has a live-in boyfriend. So, nice try, Max. I don't know why you thought you would get away with something like that, but you tried, and you tried it, and you failed. So, good luck and congratulations on that. I hope you bring us some more content as the weeks go on, because his failures are... One of the few things that I can cling to that make me happy in this world, (laughs) So, you know, like maybe that's something that I need to talk to someone about, but that's my truth. And you know what? The first step is admitting. Anyway, y'all, I hope you guys enjoy the rest of the episode. Going to talk about The Bachelorette coming up.
2: Here we go. What are you doing here? What brought you here? I never thought I would do anything like this before. And when I found out that you were The Bachelorette, I just knew <laughs> I knew I had to be here. So what made you want to be on here for me? First of all, you're obviously absolutely gorgeous. Oh, thank um, you. But uh, other than that, to be honest with you, I don't know really anything about you. I know that you're you know, from Sacramento. Are you born and raised, or? Wait, so you said you knew that I was The Bachelorette and you wanted to sign up. Mm-hmm. But you don't know anything about me? I don't don't know, you obviously don't know you on a personal level and Uh don't know your history. Uh Um, You just, you're just so beautiful and I wanted to get to know you. Is there any other thing that made you want to come on for me? Um, I I don't have a specific answer for you, to be honest. Okay.
0: All right y'all, let's get into another brief bachelorette breakdown. This episode was wild. I heard the ratings for it were not that great. Maybe because there, I think there was going to be a baseball game. I don't really know what the crossover is between MLB fans and um, people who watch The Bachelorette. Doesn't really add up to me, but apparently maybe that factored in. Anyway, so, okay, now I've got the, I'm in on it a little bit. I understand that Dale is, in fact, the guy that Claire ends up leaving the show for. I thought this episode was fucking wild. It was chaotic. There was a lot of energy happening back and forth between Claire giving it to the men and the men giving it right back. There was a lot of, like, unwell, uncomfortable, awkward moments, but I was living. (laughs) I was living for it. So basically what happens is they were supposed to have, like, one big group date, and they were supposed to talk about their love languages, and their, you know, like, um, gift-giving, touch, whatever the fuck, there was a lot of, like, sniffing as if Claire is some sort of Hungarian hunting dog, like, is she a Vishla? why is it that she was so sure that the men she had just met, like, what, a couple days before, like, she could recognize them by scent? Like, does Claire need a job at the airport? Maybe with the FBI? Like, I don't really know what's happening here. Maybe she's got, like, a sixth sense that we're not really privy to, and that's, like, super heightened smell. I don't know. Very confusing to me, but she said it. I don't know. So they're all sitting down after that. Claire does a toast. And I guess the guys were supposed to be like, oh, Claire, like, can I talk to you? And they were supposed to, like, pull her to have these one-on-one conversations. So after she does the toast, she they're sitting there for a few seconds. And Claire's like, does anybody want to take me aside? Does anybody want to have a one-on-one talk with me? Like, do you guys just want to hang out with each other? And they're like, no, no, no. Like, we totally want to hang out with you. Like, don't don't think that. Blah, blah, blah. And one of the guys is like, well, no, We'll go back to that. So one guy ends up taking her. And he's like talking and talking. And you can tell she's like stewing and thinking like, those motherfuckers didn't want to talk to me. And I need to address this right now. We're going to get into it. I need to know why they don't think I'm good enough to have a one-on-one conversation with. So she's like, okay, give me a second. I'll be right back. She goes to the group of guys that are left. And she's like... I just think it's funny how, like, just a minute ago, none of y'all seemed to want to, like, take me aside to have a one-on-one. Is it that you guys just want to have, like, your dude session? Because I can go. I can go to bed right now. (laughs) And one of the guys is like, well, I just want to speak for the other guys. Of course, like, we don't feel that way. And one other guy, what was his name? Riley, I think. Riley with the mustache was like, no, don't speak for me. Like I, I'm going to speak for myself and say that like, I would very much want to be with you. Blah, blah, blah. So can I take you? Did she just leave that one guy who took initiative and left him sitting by himself and then went off with Riley? <laughs> what is happening? And then they get into this whole, no, she left with another guy. Cause then um, Riley goes back at homeboy and is like, yo, like, don't say that you're going to speak for all of us because I speak for myself. And he's like, no, I was just going to say that, like, of course we're all here for you. And he was like, yeah, but, like, I speak for myself. You don't need to be speaking for me. And it's like, there's a... Ooh. Ooh. (laughs) There's, like, a pinball situation. Claire's mad. Homeboy's mad. Riley's mad. What's happened? It was... Very chaotic. It's getting hectic in here. It's getting chaotic. Rockin' and rollin'. No stopping to goin' until it's over. Anyway. Um does any man on this show own a full length pant? All of them were in shorts or like ankle length. You know, like mid rise, sweetheart cut, old navy khakis and jeans, like why (laughs) is this i don't keep up with men's fashion and i don't even dislike uh an ankle cut an ankle ankle length pant i actually think it's a good look but some of y'all were like getting into high like there's a way to do it you have to have a cuff but you have to have the right cuff like it can't be too cuffed and you can't just be there like you know, you have to have a certain kind of pant to pull it. Just if you're not going to cuff it, it has to look a certain way. I, I'm i confused. I'm confused. What was with the segment with Bennett and how apparently he has a suite that's like much nicer than all the other people's suites? Like he has a much bigger bathroom. He has multiple uh, fireplaces they keep trying to do this thing as if he's like fucking daddy warbucks when he's like the man from american psycho right but like with less range than christian bale i don't like what they're trying to do with him like do people like buy into that because i think it's like complete bullshit it's like okay yeah Clearly, he had braces on for three years and, like, he wears his retainer at night still. I got it. Yeah, like, he probably gets a hot shave, hot beard shave with the foam and and the straight razor. Like, we get it. He's from New York. Oh, my God. I'm sure Bennett lives, like, he probably lives, like, in, in like, Sunnyside, Queens. (laughs) You know, like, he's trying to give you Upper East Side... And it just seems like bullshit to me. Maybe he lives in... He probably lives in Murray Hill, right? Then it gives Murray Hill energy. And for those of you who don't know what, like, Murray Hill energy is, it's, like, every guy that was in, like, a big frat and who, like, cannot let go of, like, the topsiders and the croakies... He's that kind of guy. Like he goes to a bar and there's inevitably like one PR girl after the other leaving his bedroom. It's that kind of vibe. I'm not here for Bennett. I'm really not. Third thing, fourth thing maybe, Claire's been a part of this franchise for six years. Six? Y'all. (laughs) <laughs> I have a, the understanding that she was on Bachelor Winter Games is that what it was I never even heard of that shit What what is that I don't know what Bachelor in Paradise is I'm thinking it's kind of like Love Island which I also haven't seen but to me it's just like you know people from romance competition shows in bikinis so what is Winter Games like they're at a ski chalet They're, like, on a toboggan and having snow fights. I I don't really understand. But apparently also she was engaged, like, a year ago. Who was she engaged to? Do I need to know that information? I feel like if I don't know now, then I I just, like, I don't give a shit. You know, don't tell me. Sorry. (laughs) But, um, so then she goes on the date with a guy named... James, Johnny, Jonesy, Juniper, I don't know. But is that it? Like, I watched Rachel's season of The Bachelorette, and I don't remember them going so deep and so wellness retreat so quickly. Blake? Was his name Blake? No, there was another guy named Blake. Um, Why? (laughs) Why did they have to write letters to their former selves? You know how many episodes of Married at First Sight you have to do until they get to that? Basically until the end of the season. And they marry each other. They're already married. So why on the first date is she having to, like, oh, Jonesy, think of words that people have called you before. And her words were like, I don't know, like, needy, fucking... Um, I don't know, like, emotional. And his words were, like, cold, unable to love, manipulative. And she's like, I think we should throw those words away, throw all those words that people called us away. And I was like, skirt, like... No, I need to know why people have been calling you cold and unwilling and unable to love and manipulative. Those aren't words that people just give you willy-nilly. There's something behind that, and I need to know why, Jonesy? Why, Jonesy? Why did that happen? Then they were screaming. Then she set her, um... Dressed from the Bachelorette finale on fire, in, in the fire. I'm sure that smelled great. All that Lycra. Oof, girl. Um, so, then the guys do, like, a dodgeball game that ends up I don't know if they were stripping. I was in and out, y'all. But I know that they tried to make it seem like these dudes were naked when very clearly they were wearing, like, very short skivvies, like, skimpy underwear, panties even. You know, like, I know they had to do, like, a 5 for 45 at Victoria's Secret. Like, that kind of, like, very skimpy. I don't know why. I mean, they did the blur, but they were very clearly wearing blue panties. They're sitting on the couch in their blue panties talking about how embarrassing that was and I guess the guys who ended up losing had to go and they had to like do this walk of shame like frat boy style from the dodgeball thing to the casita where the guys all hang out with each other and Yosef ends up getting like so upset we'll talk more about that later but like so Blake ends up getting mad because he lost and he's like I just don't understand why I had to do that and you know he kept saying balls like I'm just going to show my balls and we had to play dodgeball and I'm going to show how ballsy I am and so he tries to like blow up the the with the date with the guys who did win I think it was like 5 or 6 guys who ended up did who ended up winning and he's like clear I was just like, you were talking about taking balls and like, I'm going to take my balls. and I'm going to take my balls and talk to you. Like, can I talk to you right now? And the other guys end up finding out about this because some short man was like, Blake, Blake took my place. And he came up and he like, you know, bogarted my my date. So all the guys were like, bro, no, he didn't. Dude. Dude, no, no, come on, bro. That didn't happen. Blake didn't do that to you, bro, did he? And then they all, like, gang up and they're like, Claire, we respect you as a bitch, but also, (laughs) you know, Blake, this is really uncool, man. Like, we won dodgeball. We should get this time with her. You shouldn't be taking our time. Okay. Everybody calm down. Everybody take a breath. Maybe you guys need to go out into that field and scream. Write some shit on some paper and throw it away. Set it on fire. Um, Another thing that was so fucking funny to me was a scene with Brandon. So after these dudes do their dude union against Blake, she goes to talk to Brandon and she's like, so Brandon, why are you here? And he's basically just like, um, well... I saw you and you're hot. So (laughs) she's like, you don't have anything else. You don't know anything about me. You've never seen me on the show. And he's like, well, nobody's met you. None of the other guys have met you. She's like, no, what I mean is like, you haven't, I've been on this show for 16 fucking years On top of that, you've had time to learn who I was during this pandemic break. You don't know anything about me? Pack your knives and go, Brandon. And he's like, all right, see ya. I didn't know that, like, you could pull, like, a next bus and be like, I'm not into this, so, like, you have to leave the show. That was tight to me. That was fucking funny. If they've been doing this this whole time... I was thinking, like, ooh, if I was the Bachelorette, I would have been pulling that button, pushing that button the whole time. At the minorest, the most minor indiscretion. You gotta go. Sir Garçon, let's open up that um, Denali, the Suburban, the Escalade. See you later, dude chancy or whatever the fuck that guy's name chasen chasen would have been the first one to go just name alone i i can't marry a guy named chasen not happening (sighs) what was next um okay yeah back to yosef he has like big incel energy for a man who has a child he was like really upset about the dodgeball nudity thing And like upset at Claire specifically about it as though the producers aren't the one who were coming up with these games. Like, do you think Claire went down to the sports authority and bought all these big ass dodgeballs? Like, of course not. He's mad at her. He's saying that she's not classy and that this is a line for him. He didn't even have to play dodgeball. He was back at the casita with the other bros. He didn't even know what was happening until the guys came in their panties back to the casita. What the hell? He's like, I'm going to have to talk to, with Claire about this. Pfft, are you? Apparently he is. <laughs> He's weird. And I came across a video of a girl talking about him on TikTok. So I'm going to end the segment. And you guys are going to listen to her experience with Yosef.
2: All right. Next. Put a finger down if you were talking to this guy that dm'd you on instagram and then after a few weeks of talking you found out that he's going to be the villain on this season of the bachelorette and then you still give him a chance and he comes down to see you because you guys don't live in the same state and you're like amazed at the effort he put in to come see you and how he facetimes you all day for hours and texts you all day long you guys talk about having a family and having kids and getting married And all this stuff and then he comes down and you kind of have like a rocky weekend So on Sunday you were still upset and really didn't want to talk about it So then Monday night came along and you kind of had all your thoughts that you wanted to express to him So you're trying to express those thoughts and then you receive a video of him jerking off to another girl And he was talking about how he wanted to fuck her in that video and it wasn't meant for me So then he unfriended me on snapchat and then he told me that his snapchat logged him out and unfriended me Hoping I wouldn't see the video, but I already saw it and replayed it and you block him on everything because now he's viewing your stuff because on his
1: dog's account. I have to provide for my for my family. And provide for your family. I did say I'm going to keep it a secret
0: that my wife is pregnant with our child.
1: Are you sure you're ready for this? Be a husband and maybe a father?
2: Um, man, I'm, I'm kind of nervous right now, man. I'm kind of scared, man. <laughs> but I'm also trying to gain his trust and their respect so i ain't gonna lie i'm not gonna hide i'm not none of that we got some good news um
0: we are bringing in a child in this world we're we're pregnant all right y'all let's talk about love after lockup i think this is going to be a fairly quick recap um Yeah, so let's get into it. Let's start with Heather and Dylan. There really was not much. We didn't really see much of them. Basically, what happened is Heather had to take Dylan back to Aunt Diane's house because his parole officer was there. He's like, hey, wait in the car because God knows what she would have said (laughs) if she had said, you know, like probably talking about how her clit was throbbing at the moment and how horny she was and how unfair all of this was to her. Um, But Dylan ends up talking to the pearl officer you know, trying to sweet talk him but the pearl officer really wasn't having it but he does let him off and he says you know I could cuff you right now but I'm going to let you go so he's all good to go fortunately Heather is now scared straight because of this whole situation and she's like you know what we're not going anywhere today we're going to um, you know stay at Aunt Diane's tonight and even though my vagina is throbbing right now, I'm just going to chill in this room and I'm just going to have to have an orgasm while Aunt Diane is cooking right outside of the door in the kitchen. So that's a sentence that I hope to never, ever hear again. Let's move on. And let's move on to Destiny and Sean, another very short storyline this week. So it's the day of the court appearance and... Um... Sean is going to the courthouse alone because Destiny did not come back from to the hotel from the night before having drinks with her sisters. Um, so he gets there at 8. Her court appearance is supposed to be due in court at 8.30. He gets there at 8 o'clock. He's pacing around. It's eight ten, eight fifteen. and he's thinking wow, I wonder if everybody might be right about Destiny. And, my God, if this lady doesn't show up in 15 minutes, I basically would have spent $100,000 on this woman. 50000 that I spent on her between jail and her coming out of jail. And the other 50000 that I'm going to owe the courts if she doesn't show up. I, what a dumbass to be, <laughs> how is it that you gave this woman until 15 minutes before she was supposed to show up to the courthouse to think that maybe this wasn't the best decision in his life. Fortunately for him, at 8.27, (laughs) Destiny shows up, she rolls up with her mom and her sister, and is like, of course I was going to be here. Did you think, you know, of course I was going to go to court. Um, Lady, you're going to court because you cut your ankle monitor, and you can get another year or two in state prison. So, no. This isn't an, of course, I was going to be here situation. (laughs) Because you just said last episode that you'd almost rather be in jail than be with with Sean because you don't have any responsibilities when you're in jail. So, okay. I mean, I'm sure we're going to find out. They left her on a cliffhanger but I'm sure she is fine and they dropped her charges because she continues to do talking heads. So, yeah, let's move on to Tyrese and Shonda. So <sighs> Tyrese is pumping iron in his apartment complex gym and he's he gets a phone call. He hops up thinking that it might be Shonda. Of course, it's a scam call. Is there a difference? Hard to say, but it's, it's not Shonda at the end of, other end of the line. So then we get a screen that pops up. So Tyrese has not talked to Shonda in three months and he said, you know, my daughter said that she ghosted me and I'm starting to think that it might be true. It took you three months, bro. Three months. (laughs) Like at what point would this not be ghosting? I would say you might give her like two weeks and I think that's pushing it. And then we're going straight into ghosting territory. But anyway, a screen pops up on the TV and it says, um, Shonda stopped returning calls from production shortly after she stopped talking to Tyrese. Now notice they said shortly after she stopped talking to Tyrese, because here's where my mind went, right? She was probably thinking, I need the money. I'm filming. I'm going to get a check for this maybe I can try to finagle some way to continue to be on the show without having a relationship with Tyrese and then eventually she knew that that wasn't going to be possible because he had the you know through production he had a way to try and communicate I'm sure production was trying to facilitate uh communication between them because without their really where's their storyline um And I think she probably was like, I can't do it. It's not worth getting the check to talk to Tyrese because I don't fuck with him. I don't like him (laughs) and I'm not attracted to him. So let me just try and find another avenue for funds here. So she gets back. She agrees to do an interview finally. We get eyes on her and she's talking about her new life and she's out in the front yard gardening. She got herself a job. She got herself a car. We saw her when we first laid eyes on Shonda. She was cornrows and pleather jacket and, you know, Nike Cortez's. And then after this little break, she went from Shonda to like Charlotte. Short suburban mom bob Easter dress from TJ Maxx it planting flowers and watering them with a watering can. (laughs) Like who is this lady? Not the lady with the black scent eating chicken in the front in the driver in the passenger seat of the car. Not that same lady, is it? So she, you know, she says, you know, talking to Tyrese in jail was nice, but then I saw him in that blue suit and, ugh, and then kissing him, it just felt like nothing. And I just felt like when you're in recovery, sometimes you just have to cut people off. And that was just the best thing. Um, okay. <laughs> I don't know if you cut people off who are trying to help you. Certainly you cut people off who were going to be detrimental to you. And if you felt like Tyrese was going to be detrimental to you, then like more power to you. But I don't think Tyrese would nef- necessarily count as the person you would cut off in your recovery. I think she just wasn't attracted to him. And it's like, I'm not going to spend my life trying to pretend to love this old black man. I- I'm not going to do it, <laughs> basically. And... So yeah, she's working on her sobriety. Like I said, she has a job, she has a car and production's like, okay, are you willing to talk to Tyrese? Are you willing to call him? She's like, yeah, I think it might be the right thing to do to have some closure for both of us. So she calls him, he answers right away and she apologizes for ghosting him and Tyrese starts off being nice. He's like, well, you know, I'm just worried about you and She's like, you know, I really needed to work and focus on myself and I needed space. And he's like, well, that's fine. But like, you could have just told me that. Totally fair, Tyrese. I get it. So then she's like, you know, I'm just really sorry. And, you know, I hope we can be friends. He's like, fuck no. I don't want to fucking, I don't want to fucking be your friend. I'm out. Goodbye. Click. (laughs) Click. So as soon as he figured out, like, oh, I'm not getting any kind of pussy out of this. And I just spent $300 on this woman who stopped talking to me immediately. And I'm not going to get laid. There's no even potential for that. She just wants to be friends. Tyrese doesn't know how to be friends with anybody. Let's get real. Let's get real. She was pissed. Hangs up. So, production is like, well, uh, can you give us anything else? Have you... Stayed in touch with any of the guys you've spoken to in jail. And she was like, she smiles. She's like, you know, I've moved on. (laughs) What does that mean, Shonda? What does that mean? Did you move on with somebody else or did you just move on from scamming men? (laughs) Girl. So Tyrese continues to pump iron in the gym. And he's like, you know, I have no problem meeting women, whether it's at a social gathering or at the laundromat here's my question. When we met Tyrese in the beginning of the season, he was talking about how, like how he makes such good money and how women are, are always trying to get at him because he's so financially stable, but you still have to go to the laundromat. Mm. (laughs) You're a 50 year old man who lives in a not that nice apartment and it doesn't even have an in unit washer dryer. Like, How many women are really chasing you for your money, Tyrese? It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm
1: breeze, relax,
0: and think about
1: work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com people today.
0: You have to go to the laundromat? Because if, if I'm at the laundromat and I see a 50-year-old guy there, probably in his, you know, <laughs> blue suit... From the Steve Harvey collection. I'd be like, mm, sir, please, six feet. Six feet. Corona or not. I need six feet from you. Anyway. Um, he's like, you know, next time I meet a woman, I'm gonna be in that back in that blue suit and those blue alligator shoes, and the producer goes, Well, it didn't work that well for you last time. <laughs> and he goes, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> god he is a hot hot mess let's move on to Lindsay and Scott so they're still in a fight from this quote that he found in her notebook and she's pissed that he's mad so she's like you know what you were just doing this you were waiting to trap me here in this dirty dog fur littered home with the stained carpets. You were waiting till I got this ankle monitor. And now you're going to pull some bullshit on me. So you know what? I'm getting out of here. So she immediately calls the halfway house. And is like. Is there any way that I could change my address. And change my location. They're like yeah. You know it's no problem. Let us know where you're going to stay. So she calls her mom. Tells her mom what's happening. she's like Scott's pulling some bullshit on me. He's acting weird. I need to get out of here. So her mom's like. No problem. Not a problem at all. You can come stay with me. So then she goes to call the halfway house again. And this must be like a Friday or something. She's only been out of jail for four days, by the way. (laughs) And and so she goes to halfway house again. And they're like, well, the person who is in charge of that is gone. You're going to have to call the Bureau of Prisons on Monday so they can approve your transfer. So now she's like, well, damn, now I'm stuck here for how many days before I can get this transfer? So she's like, well, you know what? I guess I'll just try to make the best of it. This girl's smart. Like she's college educated, right? I mean, not that that makes you smart, but like she's an intelligent girl, at least you know, like she's nutty, (laughs) but at least she knows like rather than escalating the situation, which is what Heather would be doing. She is saying, like, let me just de-escalate, try and work it out with Scott, and figure things out. Kind of. I mean, she's still petty, and let me get into why. Here's what I need to know is, what she says to him in the very beginning is, like, just Google the quote and you'll find the book. Listen, I told y'all last week that I Googled it. I only put a few sentences in, and I couldn't find that quote, but the thing to me is, like, okay, if I'm Scott, I'm definitely googling it, right? Try and figure it out rather than continue to have this back and forth argument when it's like if there is a way <laughs> that you could possibly figure out whether or not she's lying rather than continuing to fight with her, why don't you try and figure it out first and then revisit the fight if it's if you didn't find it, okay? But he does not seem to want to do that. So she's like you know what you're trying to trap me here and he kind of hints at like you're taking advantage of me and I found this thing and it sounds exactly like the blueprint of what you could be doing to me and Lindsay's like you know what no offense but you clearly don't have that much money it's not gonna be worth it for me to try to scam you like your money is not the only reason why I'm here cause you ain't that rich sir. (laughs) I see that 1992 pickup truck in the driveway. You don't have that much money for me to be trying to scam you. And this behavior that you're displaying, exactly why you're 51 and single. (laughs) So catch that. She knows how to play her cards. She wasn't wrong. She was not wrong. So um Scott keeps asking Lindsay if she wants to leave because she hasn't gotten everything she wanted she's like no I'm upset and I'm upset because I don't have my daughter here I don't have anything prepared you don't have anything prepared you've been sitting in this house for a year and the best thing, the most you have prepared for Miley Grace is you know a bed you know on the side of the wall like propped up on the wall, nothing is ready. She barely has walls—not anything resembling a room for a what? Eleven-year-old girl, ten-year-old girl? No, not even close. So he decide he kind of like softens a bit, and she's like, "You know, Scott, I've decided to stay. Not that she has a choice, but I like the way she put that put that." And. Scott's like, you know, I actually really want to help you get back on your feet and get your life together. And then we, things take a little bit of a turn, but it's unbeknownst to Scott because she's talking to production doing her interview and she says something like, you know she hints at the fact that she has secrets. And the production's like, what are the skeletons in her closet? She's like, I'm not gonna tell you that because then they're not in the closet then. And she's like, you know what? I just feel like if he... Basically, like, because this situation happened, I feel like I can't tell Scott the truth, and if I can't do that, then I'm not going to. And I have things that I need to say. So we see the preview for later in the season. I I think there are only a few episodes left. And She is throwing his shit out on the yard. There seems to be a lot of drama. Things that he has not told her. He alludes to having secrets about her. So we'll see what happens, y'all. We will see what happens. And let's move on to (laughs) Jessica and Maurice. Maurice, the more he talks, the more he cracks me up. And this episode was so funny to me. So we know that they just found out that Jessica is pregnant and they like that morning. And so later on they head to her parents' house. So Maurice, after having that conversation with Jessica's father, Dave is now like fully into this, like Dave's going to be my new dad. He's going to teach me all, excuse me, all the things that my dad didn't teach me. We're going to be out in the yard Tossing the football together, like people, let me tell you about my best friend. This is gonna be like the courtship of Jessica's father, right? So he, he is so excited to go hang out with Dave. Jessica and her mom are gonna go shopping. Dave is gonna be teaching Maurice how to weld. So Jessica, right before they walk in the house, she's like, We promise to keep this to ourselves. Please do not say anything to my parents about me being pregnant. We'll cross that bridge at a later time. He's like, sure. No problem. So, <laughs> Dave and Maurice go to the garage and they practice like on a little piece of metal welding something together. And, and Maurice says something along the lines of, you know, like, I want to learn these things. You know, I want to start being able to provide for my family. And Dave says, your family? And Maurice is like, Dave's like, well, you know, I feel like, are you ready to be a husband and a father? And even though Jessica told his ass not to tell her parents, Maurice is like, I can't lie to Dave. He's my new BFF basically he's like you know what we are a family and I just wanted to let you know that me and Jessica are expecting having a baby she's pregnant he's been out of jail for five weeks (laughs) just to put this all into perspective (laughs) Dave is not happy can't say that and I think that's exactly what he says he's like I can't say that I'm all that happy and now Maurice you're gonna have to work that much harder to provide now that you've got a kid on the way I don't know if Jessica's parents know that Maurice already has a child they don't seem to act like he does but Maurice is so fucking funny like for somebody who's a crip that man sure does have a hard time keeping a secret he's a real snitch (laughs) a real snitch just like Jessica told him the first time they met his her parents don't tell them that we just crossed state lines and you don't have the, the permission from your uh, probation officer to go into Vegas please don't tell them 30 seconds in he's like you guys are so great it's just crazy that I'm not supposed to be here and I'm really supposed to be in California because that's where my probation is. <laughs> dog, he, what did he say? He's so funny. He's like, you know, Dave's reaction wasn't the one that I expected, but you know what? I don't know what to tell you, dog. It was bound to happen. <laughs> oh my God. He is so fucking funny. And,. Dave's like, you know what? I'll be there to help you, but just so you know, I am not raising any kids. So Maurice is like, I get it. I really want to be there. Please don't tell your wife. Then he goes in an interview. He goes, I promised Jessica we would keep it from her parents, but I broke the code already. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How are you gonna yourself? You did it. <laughs> you did it. Oh my gosh, she's so funny. So Maurice is like, you know, I just next thing is I want to ask for your blessing to marry your daughter, even though I married her what five years ago in jail and we get the pictures. And he's like, you know, that wasn't the the wedding experience that either of us wanted. And I'm like, yeah, sure. Does anybody want to get married in a whatever county jail light blue? um v-neck outfit government issued outfit no did Jessica want to get married in like a black American apparel zip-up hoodie and some you know gray pants no probably not but he wants to give her the wedding that she deserves Dave says he wants that for his sweet little daughter as well and he's like you know what she deserves a nice ring She deserves a nice wedding and she deserves a nice husband. And you know what? I just happen to have a thousand dollars in my pocket right, right now. (laughs) And it's going to be a loan for you to get my daughter a ring. Dave says that this is a test for Maurice. And Maurice says in an interview, he's like, as soon as I got that money, I was just thinking, like, damn, I could go to the casino right now and flip this. It could be three thousand. It could be five thousand. Like, trying to think of ways that he can eventually end up losing this money, right? So he's, Maurice is talking about like nobody has ever given me this much money. Not my father. Not my aunts. My uncles. I think he said my nieces. <laughs> And Dave's like, okay, well, I'm not giving you this money to just like ball out of control. Of course, Dave didn't say that, but you know what I mean. This is for my daughter and it's a loan. And Maurice is like, you're right. I'm going to give, I'm going to pay this money back before I die. And he's like, if you could pay back a lot sooner than that, I would appreciate it. Like at least before I die. <laughs> and Maurice is like, okay. Oh my God. I'm very curious to see what Maurice ends up doing with this money. How much money actually goes toward a ring. If anything, if he's like, let me go down to the grocery store see what Ralph's has and that, like, do they still have those, like, quarter machines where you can take, like, homies out and, like, candy, like, peanut M&Ms. Do they still have those? Or is that, like, a 90s thing? Um, Uh. Maybe he'll go to that outlet that Sean went to to get a ring for destiny. I'm still not over the fact that they have jewelry store outlets. Let's move on. Let's wrap up with John and Christiana. Lord help us. So we start their scenes with John moving in Christiana's mom, Tammy, and her sister, Tara, into his home. Did y'all notice the decor that John had in his house? It was like a full-on ode to horror movies. Like, he could do tours in his living room with all the memorabilia he has. He had, like, framed Friday the 13th posters. There were a bunch of Jason masks. There was a bunch of, like, I don't know a whole lot about horror, but who... Is it also Jason that has like the the um gloves that has like a slasher like a Wolverine claws on them a whole thing. He had a fish he oh he had a fish tank <laughs> that he had repurposed and it had like scenes from different horror movies. It had like a, a Freddy Krueger doll, like a vintage one that was still in the box. It had a little can of gasoline. It had like a little Jason inside little statue with he's got a knife in his hand help 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 how <laughs> old is John 46 i think can you can't imagine like meeting a guy like John on Tinder one a- agreeing to going out with him too <laughs> but then but then three going back to his place and finding that he has dedicated his entire front room to, like, Freddy Krueger shit, like, that's for a Reddit. That's for a Reddit post, for sure. Nice lighting, though. had a lot of nice, natural light coming in. Um, Tammy, uh, Christiana's mom, is really grateful to be here because, apparently, they were living above a meth den. People were going in and out to get meth. Tara was going on downstairs to get high. It was like a really bad situation. You know, Tammy's on like an oxygen tank. She can't be living above a meth house. Living in a trap house. Poor Tammy. (laughs) Poor girl. Oh my God. So they're getting all settled in. They're telling John how grateful they are to be living here. and John gets a phone call. Phone calls from the halfway house telling him, Christiana has moved out. She has left the halfway house. John's like, what happened? He's like, we can't disclose that information. We're just calling you because you're on the contact sheet and you have 30 days to pick up her belongings. Click. <laughs> so. Okay. Um, his He's saying, you know, I, I just can't imagine her doing that? Cause Tammy's like, oh, she relapsed. And John's like, I just can't imagine her doing that. I'm like, John, you've spent like 45 minutes with this woman outside of jail. And during that 45 minutes, she told you, I've been to this same halfway house four times. And every time I have ended up relapsing and leaving and having to go back to jail. So where's the surprise buddy? What's not clicking? He, <laughs> he kills me. Him and those pigtails. So Tammy's like, you know, when the dame has got her, the demon has got her. And John is now, he's like, okay, I'm going to go to Dubuque. I'm going to try and find her. Tara, come with me. And Tara's like, I'm not going with you because I'm an addict. And if I'm going to all these places where I think she's at and using, more than likely, I'm going to sit right next to her and be like, pass the Duchy on the left-hand side, okay? So, no, I can't go. So, John is like, okay, well, can we at least just go to Dubuque and ride around and maybe see if you see her? Like, you don't have to go anywhere, but can we just, like, you just point out the spots? She's like, I, I guess. So... Tammy's like don't do that you don't know Dubuque you don't know the people that she runs around with and one if you try to find her and she gets her eyes on you she will run and two the types of people that she hangs out with they don't give a fuck they will shoot you right in the head they don't care (laughs) not a care in the world they will not think anything about it so he's like, okay, well, guess I'll just wait and see if she calls. But Tammy and Tara both like, we've played this game several times before. She does what she wants to do, especially when she's high. You can't control her. Best of luck to you, bro. I'm going to go ahead and move my things into this, this bedroom that you gave me, okay? Holler at me if she calls. So then we get, it's 4 o'clock in the morning, Christiana calls, John gets in his truck, and he's like, Bonnie and Clyde, baby, without the bullets, and he tries to find her in the parking lot of the mini mall, mall, amongst the 16-wheeler trucks. So she, they end up finding each other, she relapses. And she's like, you know what? I don't know what happened, but I just got so triggered around being all these people that I used to hang out with at U's, use. And I was just like, fuck it. And it then it gets really sad. And she starts crying. And she says, you know, like, I'm really disappointed in myself. And this is like the first time that I've really felt that because I've never really had anybody who unconditionally loved and supported me like John does. And I've never been around somebody who also, like, has her shit together and is supportive of me. And you can tell she just, like, feels a lot of shame. And I thought it was, like, a really good turning point for her to actually call him and want her, him to help her. So he's, like, you know, she's crying in the car and he's, like, you know what, I got you. Says, you know what, I'm not mad at her. Cause he's you know a former addict and he's like I get it I understand these things happen but it's sad and now she's got a warrant out for her rest because she skipped out on the halfway house so then he just says we may just have to Bonnie and Clyde this and go to a country that doesn't extradite and sit my ties on the beach and I just like I need to know I need production to ask John what is the story of Bonnie and Clyde? Because he doesn't seem to get it. <laughs> He's got Bonnie and Clyde printed on his car. He keeps using Bonnie and Clyde as a verb for their behavior and his actions uh, towards Christiana. And I just like, I just want him to tell us what his idea of, bonnie and clyde's story is because it doesn't end with them on the beach somewhere sipping my ties, i can tell you that i can tell you that john so anyway that's the end of love after Lockup, y'all let's move on or maybe not
1: who are gonna treat maybe. me like this we'll oh really right. is that why you tried me on tuesday in the wawa parking lot while your girlfriend's home with your son yep just this past week, yeah? Uh, you're gonna need to start from the beginning with that one. So he pulled into the Wawa parking lot when I was getting gas and was like, hey, like, what's up? And he opened the door and was like, I want you, plain and simple. And I said, bye, Javi. Can I have all the text messages of him trying to like meet up. Oh, has he been texting you trying to like? Yeah. Like, like, like Anytime I'm in Dover, he goes about to leave the gym. And I said, I'm sleeping, I'm home. He said, do you want me to slide through? I live in Middletown, so you're willing to come to Middletown to me, but you won't come to Middletown to meet me to get your son.
0: Hello. Let's fucking go. Let's get into it. The top ten things that are cursed in pop culture, in my opinion. Now, since I just started talking, since I just finished talking, rather, about Love After Lockup, I wanted to start, this is in no particular order, just put it that way, Um, but I wanted to start with a Love After Lockup Teen Mom mashup, if you will, Um, this is so funny to me. Now, okay, you might be saying, Kara, you're an almost 35-year-old woman. Why are you still watching Teen Mom? And I would say, none of your business. Just listen to why this is so funny, okay? So, here's what happened. A couple weeks ago, Kale, you know, we all know Kale. She has three baby daddies. I'll give you a little bit of a backstory if you're not like, you know, listening to Feathers in My Hair or Amanda loves to hate Teen Mom. You don't watch Teen Mom. T- listen to how messy this is. So, Kale has three baby daddies and four children. Uh, Kale was living in this area in Delaware and decided to move her children. Her two baby, first two baby daddies, they co-parent pretty well. They... You know, have one week on, one week off, custody of the boys, right? So, um, Kale, because her third baby daddy is such a fuckboy, she decided to move her children into a new house that was about 30, 40 minutes away from the other two baby daddies in order to make it easier for the third baby daddy to, you know, kind of entice him into being a more active parent. Um, first of all, that didn't work. Second of all, she got pregnant by him again and she had baby number four, not too long ago. So, okay. Um, but because of that, you know, obviously it makes, uh, you know, traveling to do the drop off and pickups a little bit more difficult. So she's trying to schedule a drop off with Javi and, Javi's being a little pissy because he doesn't want to do, he doesn't want to go all the way over there. Then he mentions something along the lines of Kale being disrespectful to his wife and Kale decides to blow his whole shit up <laughs> and tell the producer that she's speaking to and the cameras and all of the world that Javi has no business saying anything about her being disrespectful to his wife because he tried to fuck her in the parking lot of a Wawa days ago. Days before she said this. So like, let's say they're talking on a Friday. This happened on a Tuesday. So. Let's give some more backstory into Javi's uh, romantic life. Shall we? Um, Javi like I said, is married and has a child with a lady named Lauren. They got married after Lauren caught Javi fucking a woman in their home. And I think she was pregnant at the time. Now, certainly there's a whole other conversation we can be had that can be had about Lauren's dumbass. But you know what? She's not on the show. That's her life. That's her choice. Okay do you girl (laughs) so it is very funny that Javi would dare even part those pouty lips to say that Campbell's being disrespectful to the wife he has no problem fucking other women in front of (laughs) so so here's what happened here's where we link in love after lockup so you guys I tell you all the time you guys gotta be watching love after lockup it's so funny It's so messy, and it's informative. Lacey, who's not on this current season, but she is on a spinoff called Life After Lockup now, she's had her own kind of love triangle drama, relationship drama situation. She was basically juggling two men that are uh, recently released from prison. And she really goes back and forth on which one she wants to you know terrorized at any given moment that's her journey um, so Lacey before joining the show was a cam girl she went by the name I think her name was like Carly Kush or something like that it doesn't matter point is Lacey found out about this episode and the drama that was going on and she happened upon an article talking about this episode and a Instagram post that Javi had made in response to Kale outing him. So let's talk about what he said on this Instagram live, shall we? So he, he gets on and he says, you know, the real reason I wanted to come on here is, you know, it's no secret that this year has been hard on me, my family, my friends, you know, a lot that I need to work on, a lot that I have to ask the Lord to. And this is where he starts crying. Ask the Lord to kind of guide me in the right directions. I don't know if I have any, like, religious people on here, but what I wanted to do, I thought might be a good idea, is kind of have a prayer group first thing in the morning. So the reason why I say a prayer group is when I went to church, I went back to church and, you know, I was looking for a sign. I was looking for, I'm trying to get my words together, I was looking for something, you know. I asked God, hey, can you give me some type of sign that I'm in the right direction to fix myself and figure out all these issues that I got? So anyways, a friend of mine, he does his prayer group and, we went over the scripture passage and as we were talking, I've been reading my Bible and as soon as I, as, I've been reading my Bible as soon as I wake up, um, but you know, it was kind of lonely by myself. So I was hoping, you know, if anybody's going through some financial troubles some relationship troubles, family troubles, you know, and you just need someone to pray with, I, I kind of want to open that door. So I'm going to have a Zoom at 630 in the morning if you're interested, if you're going through anything and you just want to pray with somebody, if you need someone to pray with. I'm still trying to understand the Bible myself and understand passages. So it's going to be a learning curve. It's going to be my first one. But anyways, if you're interested, shoot me a message and I'll send you that Zoom ID and password. Okay. So in response to trying to fuck his baby mama and ex-wife in a Wawa parking lot, he wants to now do Zoom prayers at 630 in the morning. Okay. Okay, Javi. So Lacey finds that article. And she says, (laughs) Lacey says, "Um, LMAO, he's always been a player. He used to watch me live on webcam and would Snapchat video of himself all while in a relationship. I'm not surprised. He's just sorry his baby mama put him out on national TV. (laughs) And then she did some laughing emojis and said, he played himself. (laughs) And then so a Twitter person. Wanted her to clarify. They responded to her tweet. It said, did he snap you? Video is junk? She said, what a creep. She said, girl, I'm telling you, this is before I was on TV. I was just a chatterbait cam model, LMAO. I'm sure I'm not the only one, but he was trying to get me to meet him. Such a creep. So then another person on Twitter shared this post, allegedly from a... Facebook group comprised of several women so Javi owns like a CrossFit gym so there's a Facebook group comprised of seven plus women who all claim to have hooked up or are currently hooking up with Javi so somebody showed that to Lacey and she said I don't see how anyone could be surprised and then she goes she just thinks all this is very funny so Javi goes back and he's like, I've never even heard of this show. I don't know who she is. It's sad that people are using this situation to try and clout chase and try to get some shine for themselves and blah, blah, blah. Like, don't kick people when they're down. <laughs> and then, so Lacey said, oh, then he said, you know, I had to even look up this person's Instagram to figure out who they were. Like, but basically like you're, nobody and you know I wouldn't have entertained this in 2015 or whenever she's claiming so somebody sent it to Lacey she said I don't need clout if I needed clout I would have said something before I was on TV you'd be surprised how many quote unquote celebs hit up cam girls not putting any names out most don't get caught and actually pay really well but you know when you beg for free shit and you're already being outed dot 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 so <laughs> I am completely inclined to believe what Lacey's saying she's right if she wanted to have clout she would have brought it up years ago when he was on the show and she didn't have anything she was not on a show I think that is hilarious I think you know prayers up for Javi he clearly needs it <laughs> if y'all want to hit up that zoom I hope nobody thinks that I'm making fun of religion or anything like that. I just think it's so funny that, like, first of all, if we want to go to the first thing that he said in this IG Live talking about it's been a tough year, like, sir, you have been doing this since you were married to Kale, what, six, seven years ago. You cheated on her. You've been cheating on Lauren, your current wife. This is not something that happened over the span of 2019-2020. You've been doing this shit the whole time. So now, because somebody's talking about it on on MTV, you want to, Jesus, take the wheel, this situation. Like, no. 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 Come on. If you gave a fuck about the wife that you're married to, you wouldn't have been trying to fuck the wife that you used to be married to. And then want to act like Kale's being disrespectful to, to your wife. Get out of here. And Kale, this is not the first time that Kale said that Javi's tried to holler at her in the past year or two. (laughs) Y'all know, I think basically every man, every straight man is cursed. They all have, you know, Jigsaw from the Saw movies, riding around that tricycle in their souls. But I think Javi is one of the worst offenders. And, you know, purse up, I guess. Curse. All right, next. The second person or situation that I want to talk about that is cursed. And you guys are going to have to hear me out on this because I know I'm about to say something very controversial and something that you would never expect to hear come from these luscious, incredible, beautiful lips of mine. I think the fact that Tamra was fired from the Real Housewives of Orange County is actually a very cursed situation. Now, okay, hear me out. Hear me out. So we all know this situation with Orange County. I was one of the first people to scream like Oprah had just said that I was getting a new car when I found out that Tamara and Vicky had been fired. I thought it was a great move. One of the smartest things that happened in Bravo history. But here's where we are now. Kelly Dodd has been, you know, Jet-setting from New York to California to New York to California. Talking about how COVID is going to thin the herd. Talking about how it's not really that big a deal. Talking about how, you know, people in Orange County aren't getting it. And the numbers are low. Real, like, denial shit. She's also been very racist. She also, I mean... If y'all listen to other Bravo podcasts and, and follow them on Instagram, you know when she was uh, uh, having her bachelorette party, which she claims that one of the guests gave her a trucker hat. Why do people in Orange County still love a trucker hat? Can we talk about that? We can talk about it later. Anyway, the trucker hat said drunk wives matter. And we all know why that is not a cute thing to say okay so it's fuck kelly dodd for life over here the point being to bring it back to Tamara, is that now Tamara's is on instagram talking about how she wants to be back on the show and how she might be back on the show openly hinting to the fact that kelly dodd is probably going to get fired which is something that i've heard in these streets um and you guys, she's making points points are being made and that's something that I don't want to have to say is that now Tamara has managed <laughs> to turn her downgrading whatever I think the tea is that she they wanted to demote her to, to friend of and then she said no I'm not gonna do that so she quit now I just feel like she's kind of making points of like you do deserve to be on the show more than Kelly does and you know what you guys like I'm like Javi over here like I've given it up to Jesus I just know that like Orange County is no longer a franchise that I can watch and the completionist in me like I just feel some type of way about that like I'm just not going to subject myself to watching a whole season like I might tune in I heard that there might be like a Black Lives Matter storyline and depending on you know what Twitter says about that I might watch that but other than that like I'm out I'm out on Orange County because of Kelly and you know do I think that the show should just be cancelled yeah not because Kelly's a racist but because this shit is boring anyway, you know? Like, y'all can't be boring and racist. You know? <laughs> so, here, my point, uh, I it's cursed for me because I always hated Tamara. I always thought she was diabolical. I always think that she's also a bad liar. Like, you can, we can have a conversation about um, LVP over in Beverly Hills, but like, LVP was a pretty good liar until she wasn't, you know? She was, you know, the puppet and we're all the masters, as Kelly Dodd would say. And she had her run until that dog came into play. Tamara was always just like a bad liar. It was like, how are people believing anything that comes out of her mouth? the cursing here is that I have to admit that she is making one or two salient points. And I'm like trapped in a world of destruction and hurt because of that. So I don't know what to do. And I think what I should be doing is just moving on. All right, let's go to number three. Number three is a quick one. You guys, Love is Blind came out this year. Doesn't that feel like so long ago? (laughs) But I just wanted to remind everybody of the time that Jessica low-key let her golden retriever lick out of her glass of red wine as she was talking to Mark and gaslighting him. That's just something I wanted to talk about. That was fucking gross. And then she whispered, like, oh, he likes it. Ew. Lady. Ugh. She probably got COVID all on her own with that golden retriever kibble spit in her, you know, yellow tail pinot noir. Yuck. All right, that was a quick one. Let's move on to number four. All right. This one is stressing me out. This is probably the most upsetting one of all. Um, what is, what the fuck is wrong with JK Rowling? What, what is her problem, y'all? Why is she so obsessed with being a turf, A trans-exclusionary radical feminist. What is, I mean, I'm gonna, I was gonna ask, is she okay? But I know she isn't. What is her problem? She has been... If y'all don't know, tweeting and tweeting and tweeting for probably the past, I want to say close to two years now, things about how trans women or trans people are dangerous. She she tweeted out a, a link to an online store that does like anti-trans uh, merchandise, talking about like, you know, fuck your pronouns and and shit like that like what the fuck is wrong with this woman she is very into like you know the idea like women and i'm using like air quotes in here like women being women and how it's like not fair that trans women want to say that they're women and and you know getting into people about having periods and you know like why why do i have to suffer through having a period and like trans women don't so then they're not real women which is like 17 different conversations could be had about that like there are a lot of cisgendered women that don't have periods lady hello (laughs) like what are you talking about why would why does it always go down to like reproductive organs and also like why do you care I've never understood like what what does what are the stakes for you why don't you just let people be who they are live their truth what the fuck ever does it make does it do anything for you I was talking to my friend once like years ago and we weren't talking about trans issues but we were just talking about like I don't... sex in general. And she said something that I've carried with me ever since, which just like, I don't care about anybody else's orgasms. And I know that, like, you know, trans... We should probably not have the conversation, like, conflating trans issues to, like, sex, because that's, like, a whole very dangerous territory. But the point is, like, what you do with your life that doesn't affect me shouldn't affect me. Like, you're going out of your way to feel... Upset about how other people live their truth. Like, are you what? What well, that doesn't literally never made sense to me. She also came out with this book that was incredibly transphobic about how, um, I think it was like a man who, uh, a cisgender man who dresses up in feminine clothing to harm women and girls. The, you know, the trans anti trans flag of the world is like, oh, they're gonna go in your bathrooms and 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 touch the little boys and little girls because that's what they want to do rather than like live their truth and be their authentic selves yeah these people want to act like are are perverts who want to you know t- touch people inappropriately does that ever, has that ever happened maybe they just want to go to the bathroom how did we cruise past that to the dangers and, and sexual violence like that is so fucked up fuck her and i just hate that like she's so rich Here is another thing is like you're so rich you don't have to say anything why if I had a tenth of the money that she had I I would not give a fuck about anything I wouldn't have a podcast you would never hear from me at all (laughs) you would never hear from me because I'd be like as soon as I just said something that was against other people I'd be like I'm fucking rich I don't have to do this I'm, I'm hopping on a PJ and going somewhere you know I'm gonna go to the next remote island and get one of those suites that are right on the water that you can just jump out right after. You know, you can just jump right into the ocean. Shut up, J.K. Rowling. Just shut up. Just shut up. Just shut up. (laughs) Sick of her ass. Go somewhere, girl. Ugh, next. Gonna go back to something else that happened in January. Again, a time that seems like eons ago, both in terms of, like, freedom and culture, but also, like, just longevity. God, it seems like so long ago. Okay, so the SAG Awards happened, and the hand touch around the world sealed the fates of another probably five to 18 years of us having to talk about Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston. I don't want to do it anymore. I don't want to have any. Why do we need to talk about them? They're not going to get married again. It's not going to happen. I don't care. Why do we care? Why do we have to talk? He touched, he brushed his hand against hers in an award show in the backstage and people acted like They got $10,000 checks in the mail. What? Who cares? Why do we still have to talk about Jennifer Aniston? Why do we still have to talk about Brad Pitt? Why do we still have to talk about Angelina Jolie all together? We talk more about Jen and Brad who've been divorced for over a decade than we do with Brad and Angelina who have 17,000 children together and actually have a much more dramatic divorce than Brad and Jen did if we're being real way more drama that's happening look at the headlines y'all what what Brad like is now sober because of the actions that happened between him and Angelina and those kids do <laughs> sick of every little interaction that Brad and Jennifer have. They, I guess, did a Fast Times at Ridgemont High Zoom call in which they all, a bunch of people read the script and Morgan Freeman was the narrator and, you know, Shia LaBeouf was high in a truck and, like, that part was kind of cool. But other than that, like, people were like, oh my god, watch this dissection of of Brad and Jen doing this uh, recreation of this movie that happened 30 years ago. And... uh, Does that mean, you know, because he did a lingering look at the Zoom, at the camera, at a webcam, in a Zoom meeting with 17 other actors. What does that mean? It means that they're actors. And it means, yeah, they had a relationship a long time ago. It's not going to happen, you guys. This is never going to happen. They're never going to get back together. And if they do, like, great. Great. I'll eat my hat, but it's not going to make these 15 years that we've been talking about will-they-won't-they worth it. Not going to make it worth it to me. Think of all the other things that we could have talked about other than Brad and Jen. This is like such a cursed narrative. Think about all the money that people have made (laughs) writing headlines about, you know, um, Brad went to a Gelson's and Jennifer went to the same one seven days later. Does that mean that they're together? Oh, they're both wearing jeans relax fit jeans. What could that mean for their relationship? Oh, uh, Angelina drank some uh, fucking vitamin water or smart water or whatever you know here's Angelina with some Avino lotion. Is that a clapback towards towards Jennifer Aniston? <sighs> I'm so tired <laughs> i This has been on my spirit for probably half of my life now, you know? Why? Why? And like I am the queen of talking about stupid shit and and having, you know, talking about things way past when I should be talking about them. But we have been held hostage by the potential of this couple that divorced. The potential of them possibly getting back together. Why are we doing this to, e- to each other? Why are we doing this to ourselves? Let's let's look inward and really think about it. I'm gonna have to take a couple calming breaths after this. So, let let's move on. I think we should talk about another very cursed um, couple that doesn't exactly exist, but they keep forcing it on us: Shawn Mendes and Camila Cabello. Do you remember when the Uh, lockdown first started and all those pictures would come out of them looking like they had just done molly and gotten into a fight the night before and then the next day they're like oh let's take a walk and like go get some green juice and you know I'm still gonna be in my pajamas and you know like my ponytail holder is like 75% out of my hair but like I don't even care you know like I'm just trying to get my endorphins to come back that kind of vibe like looking straight crazy slowly walking in the neighborhood when it was very obvious and very tactical (laughs) that these people had called paparazzi because nobody was outside because we were all locked in this was like maybe late march early april they apparently are still trying to make it seem like they're together. Jean Mendez, there was an article that came out the other day about how he said that every song that he's written about was about her. Wasn't he an artist before they got, quote unquote, got together? What is it? What do you mean? There was another article, and this is what spurned it. <laughs> this is what spurned it. I'm like, oh my God, are they still doing this? This happened a, a couple weeks ago, he said, they yeah, they've only been dating for more than a year. Hasn't Sean Mendes been out for longer than that? It seems like it. So, somebody asked him in an interview, has Camilla's sense of fearlessness rubbed off on him, or if maybe it was him growing older, and he said, I think absolutely both. Camilla is Fearless, where she'll walk into, like, a sushi restaurant and be like, do you guys have bananas? The first couple times she did that, I was, like, shaking in stress and fear. And by the fifth time, I was like, yeah, I'd like a banana too. That's what happens when you date a Latina. What?
1: <laughs>
0: what? Is your contract up yet? Like, I thought we were all, as a nation, we're like, okay, they did that song Senorita and they're going to act like they're together. And then when that song, you know, nine months later, when the song is off the charts, we're going to just move on. Right? Why are we still doing this? What's happening? <laughs> This is like one of the most obviously fake couples. I, They could literally disrobe in front of me and he could penetrate her and he could put her in 12 different positions. And at the end of it, I'd be like, okay, I want to see the receipts, you know, it was really gross, but you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't buy it. I don't think they're together, and I think we all have decided that they're not, right? So, like, why are they still doing this? Like, yeah, I've been in relationships where I'm like, ugh, why am I still here? And you know what, Camila? And Sean? I know you guys are, like, early 20s. You don't have to keep doing this. Nobody's gonna die. It'll be fine. There's nothing holding you guys together. You guys have made it. I know upwards of one and a three-quarter Shawn Mendez songs. And I know, you know, like Havana. So I think you guys are fine. Wasn't she in Fifth Harmony? You you don't need each other. And I just want to like, just, I think we all agree, like, just let it go. It's okay. We're all going to be okay. Cursed. Let's move to the next one. Okay. I haven't spoken about this situation. It's literally like every other week something happens and then I'm like, should I talk about it? And then for whatever reason I don't, but I think it's time that we address Tory Lanes and Megan the Stallion. I am like a cult. I'm not a stallion. I'm only five feet. Um, but I love Megan. She seems like she has incredibly great energy. I love all of her thought bubs. I have, you know, woken up several times in the morning to find that like my right knee hurts because I was trying to do some kind of move that she was doing and I have no business doing on my own. She is a queen to me. I just think she's like a beautiful person inside and out. So when I'm finding out that she was at... Kylie's house, and she left Kylie's house with one, you know, um, four foot seven turtle of a man, Tori Lanes. Finding out that she had got gotten shot in both of her feet, I just, you know, like it, flames, flames on the side of my head. I, what a disgusting short human being Tory Lanes is the way that Megan has handled this situation has been absolutely like she has gone above and beyond to treat him well and to protect him both as somebody in her life and as a black man in America and the way that he has responded to her and treated her and addressed these situations is truly Heinous, and like, why isn't he in the Hague? Why isn't he at Guantanamo Bay? Why hasn't he been um, sent back to Canada where he's from? I just have a lot of questions. He's sick. He's a sick person. He, you know, at the start, she didn't want to say what happened. She told the police that there were she had gotten glass shards in her feet and that's why they were bleeding she has said you know I didn't want to say who did it or what happened in that car because as a black man in America and as black people in America I didn't want there to be another situation in which somebody gets killed or shot because you know the police are involved and things escalate I you know it got to the point where she had to post pictures of her feet that were healing and stitched up because, you know, his supporters didn't want to believe her and thought she was lying and she didn't actually get shot in her feet and blah, blah, blah. And then she finally said it was him. It was him that did it. Finally, there was a police report and charges that were filed just recently, even though this happened, what, several months ago? (sighs) Oh, every step of the way, he has been weird he's been real weird about this whole situation he has basically like made fun of her he has released an album about the situation trying to make money and build clout on himself you shot a woman and you want to release an album about it excuse me? the woman that tried to protect you the woman that lied to make sure that you were safe after you shot her you would let and and when these charges came out he was like I just want you guys to let you know that I'm not convicted those are just charges like there's a difference fuck you fuck you I cannot believe He has had 17 to 22 different opportunities to have some sort of sense of contrition or feel, you know, give any sense of like he regrets his actions, that he feels badly about what happened. And I know like there's probably lawyers been involved, but what are those lawyers telling him to just shut the fuck up? That's another option that you could do is to just not say anything he could have you know she said she has not spoken to him that he has not reached out to her it, the way that he is like publicly handling something that he did to someone else like thank god those bullets didn't cause permanent damage that they were able to be taken out the fragments thank god she can walk Thank God she has feeling in her feet. Like, thank God. You know, what if his, what if his, you know, arm jerked and he shot her in the knee? What if he shot her, you know, in, in, in her calves or something? Like, it is, like, he has gotten very lucky to be in the situation that he is now. I cannot believe that, like, there has to be something wrong with him, right? Like... Clearly, there's something wrong with you if you're going to shoot somebody at close range in a car but like also the way you're like double and tripling and quadruply and, and, doubling down on this situation <laughs> I, I'm hearing what I'm saying now it's wrong but you know the, the way that he's handling the situation is sick he's truly unwell and I hope you know I hope he's in jail to the fullest extent of the law like I don't believe, I don't enjoy the prison system, but like if y'all can see the face I'm making, like mm, mm, you know certain situations call for some crime and punishment law and order so fuck you Tory Lanes, and I hope, I don't know I hope the worst for you, I really do and I don't feel bad about saying that Okay, next, you guys. I'm gonna end it a little bit early. I just want to talk about something that is actually so funny to me, so funny. Um, so you know, the other couple months ago, I want to say, um, Army Hammer announced that he is divorcing his wife, Elizabeth Chalmers. I think they've been together for about 14 years before they announced this. So not even like 24 hours after. The divorce announcement came out. There were some <laughs> screenshots of communications that were happening um, on Instagram <laughs> between Army and another woman. Um, she said that these were from gosh, 2017. Army, like you would think that he would have learned. Like a couple years ago, we all remember when he, when people went and looked through his liked t- tweets. The tweets that he was liking. And they were all about like tying people up. Like BDSM and like rough sex play. <laughs> you think he would have learned. But. here, Here's just a transcript of these DMs. So he I guess. In 2017 like I said. Was DMing this girl. I think she's Russian. Because it starts off by saying. Oh welcome to Moscow. And then it's something's blurred out. And he responds. Oh, thank you, kitten. It's great to be back. My wife is with me or else I'd have you come meet me, plug in, and hungry for daddy. (laughs) What does that even mean? My wife is with me or else I'd have you come meet me, comma, plug in, and hungry for daddy. Ugh, I cringe every time. So then there's another DM that says, I'm sorry for confusing you and leaving you hanging in Los Angeles. I had every intention of meeting you, but then something terrible happened in my personal life and I was falling apart. I won't get into the details, but it almost cost me everything. I also had a crisis of conscience. I wanted to fuck you so badly, but also knew how badly I'd feel afterwards. I was torn. I should have been more open with you about my process. <laughs> he sent pictures of his face. He sent pictures of his hand for some reason. Um, he sent a picture. She says, oh, sir, thank you. And he goes... Kitten dot, dot, dot. I want to see a picture of you. (laughs) It is so, so gross. I, I die and I live and I die again. Um, gonna end on that, but is it worth mentioning that the news just came out that Lily Hammer and you guys should follow me on everyone's business, but mine the Instagram, that is the name everyone's business, but mine, um, so lily did i say lily hammer (laughs) lily james um she has been a point of conversation because she and actor dominic west had been caught together in italy um kissing and flirting and having lunch and he's like kissing her neck and nuzzling up to her and touching her hair a very like loving romantic yeah movements that were being made between them so the paparazzi caught them the pictures came out and everybody was like hey isn't dominic west married so the next day (laughs) he calls the paparazzi to his home and does this like weird grand display with his wife they're holding hands he's got his left hand in his pocket and i don't think she was she either was or wasn't wearing her ring but people thought it was very important that like to notice that like he intentionally kept his uh, hand in his pocket. Um, so the, he did this like weird display. They wrote a letter that says like, we're very much together and we're in love, blah, blah, blah. And you know, there was a bit of conversation of like, Oh, well, what if they're in a real open relationship? Like that's her business and who cares? And the, absolutely true. I don't disagree with that at all. I do think it's weird that you would invite paparazzi to your home to kiss your wife after you had just been accused of cheating on somebody else like that that wasn't the narrative that they were giving they weren't saying we're in an open relationship leave us alone and it's our business they were saying hey come to our house and watch us make out with each other and then we're gonna leave a handwritten letter signed by both of us talking about how great our relationship is anyway the point is that there's now rumors that lily james might be uh, responsible or to blame for the breakdown of the relationship between army and his wife so apparently they were um filming rebecca the movie and elizabeth found some texts at the end of last year that were very flirtatious between lily and army um So she found these texts from what she thought because it was listed on his phone as Adeline. So a source says that the Lily was referred to as Adeline and the call sheets for Rebecca and on her trailer. So he was trying to be like low key and use the name on her call sheet as his contact. Weird, 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 weird. So it says that she was not subtle and Army was into it, no doubt about it. She was touching him constantly and giving him long, smoldering looks. While he was filming, he chose to have weeks away in the English countryside in te- instead of returning to his family, who were also in the UK. This is all very typical of him. So I don't want to make it seem like I'm trying to like outright blame Lily, Lily. Like, he's the one with the ring on his finger. She can do whatever she wants. Like, is it moral? Probably not. But, like, she's not the one who, you know recited vows to somebody. He is. Um wow. Wow, wow, wow. <sighs> okay, this was all very cathartic and healing for me. So I hope you guys enjoyed this countdown list compilation whatever you want to call it. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank me for speaking vote please because you know there are many things on the ballot other than who's going to be the next president. A lot of things that we need to be fighting for and, you know, making sure that our voices are heard about. Okay? I'll just say that. Clearly, y'all know I'm voting for Biden. Like, am I thrilled about it? Not exactly. But you know what? I'm doing what I'm doing. Okay? I said what I said. (laughs) And I hope that we get the results that we deserve. And if not... I'm going to take the rest of next week off if I don't get my way and that's fine. You know what? You guys are just going to have to deal with it. So sorry. You'll enjoy next week's Monday episode and we'll just see what happens in the, the days following. See if you get another episode. All right, you guys, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. I love you. <laughs>
2: Graveyards, my And it's a graveyard, my